Well, welcome to the Valley Hoops Insider Off-Season Updates edition of what we're doing here on ValleyHoopsInsider.com. I'm Harry Schrader. Glad to be with you today. All summer long, we've been bringing you interviews and stories from people around the Missouri Valley, the Ohio Valley Conference, uh, players, coaches, and we're going to continue that today with one of our very special friends, Porter Moser from Oklahoma University, uh, formerly of the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, later next week, we're going to have an interview with Nate James, the brand new coach at Austin P. And so we've got a lot of great things stored up for you here at ValleyHoopsInsider.com. And we want to welcome to the broadcast our friend Porter Moser from way out in Oklahoma. Welcome back. How are you doing? Great to see you, Harry. Uh, doing good. Doing good. Way out in Oklahoma? Come on, man. We're still in the Midwest Belt, right? <laughs> Somewhere not too far from Chicago. Not too far. Hey, uh, so there's a number of things I want to dig into with you today. And and people in the Valley and and, and at Loyola, you know, they, they love you. They so respect what you do and, and the way you do things. And so they want to hear some of the, the process and and those kinds of things. So the first thing I want to say is, how could you go over to the dark side to a Power Five conference? <laughs> wow, just dig right in, Harry. <laughs> dig right in. <laughs> just dig right in. Um, you know, it was uh, it, it wasn't easy. It was um, one of the hardest decisions in my in my life. Um, you know, the, the you as you know, I, I played in the Valley, at Creighton. I've coached at uh, two different schools in the Valley in this last uh, several years at Loyola. Um, so I'm a Valley guy and the, I've had some opportunities in the last four years. And um, after the final four at, at, in 2018, I just, I just did, I just wanted to continue. I just felt we had a higher ceiling. I felt there was more to do. And I just felt, I didn't want to be that guy. That's the first time we got there to leave, you know, because Loyola was super loyal and they were, they were, they, they were really intentional on building it the right way. And that aligned with me. That aligned with me. I, I wanted to do it a certain way, and they did too. And um, so, then this past time, we, you know, I'm still frustrated about the Oregon State game. I felt we were really, really good again, and we kind of reinvented it. We had only two players from that previous team, and uh, man, we started out one for fifteen against Oregon. That's a whole nother podcast yeah. to get me my frustrations <laughs> out on that game. But just so much to be blessed about. And then it just got crazy. It just got crazy with all the jobs. And um, I sat with, with Joe Castiglione, the, the athletic director of Oklahoma, and the whole country kind of reveres him as one of the top ADs in the country. And, um, he was at Mizzou a long time. We have big respect for him here in Missouri. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for me, alignment with the athletic director was paramount because I had that. I had that with Steve Watson in Loyola and the administration. I was in complete sync with them. I, lo I loved it. I loved the relationship, everything. So that was, but then I was able to get it. They were um, at Oklahoma, wanted to do it the same way. And just a chance to get it, you know, the Big 12, seven out of 10 teams. That's another thing people say the Big 12, there's only 10 teams and seven out of 10 went to the tournament. That's 70% with my Creighton math degree kick clicking in. Um, <laughs> And that's the highest percentage of every any conference in the country of how many teams got into the NSA tournament. And that was probably the driving factor going on with this transfer portal and where, where the climate's going with the net, the scheduling, the transfer, all those things kind of a lot like threw into the decision and the timing was, you know, this was the right time for me. What, what do you want to say to Loyola fans, Valley fans, not, not 
you know, no, not kind of an apology, anything like that. What's your kind of farewell message? Because I know you're a Valley guy. I mean, I know you want to express your affection for the Loyola people and the Valley folks. Well, I, I don't even think the Valley people are so great. I don't think they would be expecting an apology. Um, yeah, no. They, 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 what it's been is great. I'll always be a Valley guy. I just, I think about um, some of the emails I got. There's a great group of guys behind the Missouri State bench that always I talk and they email me. Then I mean, every different place with the Illinois State fan base. That's what was the misnomer. Everyone knows my story there, and their fan base is probably the nicest to me. And um, so it just there's a great group of people in all these areas um, that uh, that love the Valley, and that's what makes the Valley special. I've always said that. What makes it is that the fan bases are basketball-minded fan bases. They're, they're smart. They're, they, they're passionate. They get it. Yes, they will ride you on if you're the other team. Uh, that's part of it. And they'll ride the other fan bases, and that's, that's part of it. But they're, they're smart, passionate, basketball-minded fan bases. And uh, so, you know, because I made this move doesn't mean that I, I don't think anything less or my heart's not going to die. Totally. I was just talking to Brian Mullins right before we got on this. So, you know, I talk to Drew all the time. I mean, I just, I, I, my eye will be completely on the, on the Valley always. Let, let me move to that. What will make, why will Drew Valentine be great as a coach at Loyola? There's a number of reasons, not just one. There's, there's no one. Um, one is he has been preparing for this moment. He's been preparing for this moment. I said this on another thing. The entire time he was with us, um, he was just, you know, I remember every coach's meeting, he had his journal and he wanted to know the why. And that's, that's a big part of, of our, my teaching. And like when I was with coach Majerus is have the guys know the why. And he as an assistant wanted to know the why he just wasn't hmm. coming every day with the time card, punching it in, doing it. He was, he was soaking everything in and doing it. We'd have recruiting drives and just his questions that he'd be asking. He was preparing to be a head coach this whole time. Another one is relationships. He's outstanding at building relationships. He's got relationships with the fan base, with the players, with the parents, with administration. Um, there's a comfortability when you have continuity and the continuity that's going on right now that and it also helps that he's got those older guys coming back on his first year. Um, that's going to be real big. But he's he's really good at building relationships, work ethic, character. Um, he's got an energy level and a work ethic and a character. He's just got a lot of boxes that he checks that I think is in. But that, that transition of continuity of what's been going on that he's been there, I think that is that's a real big adding on to all his personal characteristics is going to be re really why it was the perfect fit. Since 2018, the story goes that uh, Mr. Watson and, and, and you and Drew kind of thought this day would come. Did that change any of the way that you went about things with him, trying to prepare him for maybe being able to take that job? No, I, I was very transparent with, with Drew. And I, I was like, Drew, like, I was like, let's prepare you for this. But I go, I, but I always told him, I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't want to <laughs> lead you down this path. Because you know how much I love Loyola. And it literally wasn't to the last hour that I just, I mean, it was, I mean, it, I mean, Drew knows and my wife knows that, and um, some of my closest friends know it was, it wasn't as easy as cut and dry. Like, so I, I was very intentional telling him, like, you know, let's prepare you for this, but, but I don't want you to, and he was unbelievable. He's like, coach, I will never sit in this seat trying to get your job. And that I just, 
it's just his character. And I was like, I want you to have this if I ever do make the move, but understand it is going to be really hard for me to leave. And I, I just don't want you, I, I could be here a very, very, very long time. And uh, it just, all the stars aligned with Oklahoma. And then it, then it worked out and Steve made the move right afterwards, which was the right move. You were uh, very upfront about the, what you already see in the culture at Oklahoma and how much respect you have for Lon Kruger. Uh, how will you and Lon Kruger be different in terms of just approach, like stylistically? I know a whole lot of things are exactly the same. He's a high character guy and real, incur, you know, uh, uh, affirming and, and a player's guy. But, but how will you guys be different? Well, you know, first of all, Lon's been unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. Him and his wife, they are so- – they are just two amazing people. And, um, and that's what's really special. Sometimes you come in and you're walking on eggshells because, you know, the previous coach either got a job and left or got fired or that wasn't the case. He left on his terms at the top. I mean, just an unbelievable Hall of Fame career. And he's just the most gracious, humble guy. Um, so I am hope I'm not different in that respect because I think he's so welcoming around here. And uh, I told him, I mean, anytime he's – Back and forth. He's, now he's got to watch his own son, Kevin, play uh, coach at UNLV. But, uh, you know, there'll be some different. I mean, I, I, I got to be me. Uh, you know, I, I think we developed a style, offense and defense that we that we do. And um, I got to be me. And and this this program is, is going to have – I said this at the press conference. I'm not coming in here saying, oh, we got to rebuild this thing. We got to do – I don't. Oklahoma has had sustained excellence for decades. Mm. I just want to enhance it and put my own personality. I want to enhance and, and put my own uh, twist on su- this this outstanding program that has sustained it for many many years, and that's what's fun about this. I'm not trying to uh, come in here and rebuild the whole thing, but I will say this: in terms of rebuilding, you do have to rebuild the roster. I'm lo- I lost you. You went quiet on me. You went quiet on me. Back from last year's team. I'm sorry, you cut out there for just a second. I don't know what happened. Um, so you said there. You're, it was it was Clay Custer. It was Clay Custer. It was Custer calling in on me. I just had to delete his call. I'm like, come on, Clay. He's, so he's so you're talking about there. House, which is great. There, there is some rebuilding of the roster because some guys left and graduated and so forth. Talk about that. I'm sorry, you just because you cut out there for a second. Yeah. So I don't have to rebuild in terms of culture. You know this this place. Um, the academics are great. The support system is great. The guys understand the importance of getting a degree. The, the character of the guys that were here are high. So it isn't like all that. It's just there's only three returning. So we do have to rebuild the roster. We don't have to rebuild the culture of every the, how, how they operate. Um, and that's the thing that, uh, you know, it's we used to say, you know, back in the day, when recruiting wasn't like this was, man, it's hard to have a recruiting class of seven or eight because it's hard to hit. It's hard to really mm. hit on seven or eight in one class. Well, now seven or eight is going to be the norm in a recruiting yeah, it class. It's going to be the norm. And, and sometimes it's going to be eight or nine guys. And that's hard. I think it's hard on fan bases too. You know, mm-hmm. one of the cool things that we did at Loyola and, and a lot of programs have done it, but I'm just specifically saying Loyola, um, not like we're the only team that has done this, but we've, we've had guys stay and play four years and the fan bases, they, they get to know Lucas Williamson as a person, Cameron Crutwig, 
as a person. Dante Ingram, Milton Doyle, you know, Marcus Towns, Ben Richardson, Clay. They get to know these guys. And they that's that's part of it. That's what I worry about with the fan base is, is that the, the attachment to these young student athletes, because that's real. Relationships with a fan base and their student athlete is a mm-hmm. is a big part of the love you have for a program. And I'm worried, a little bit worried it's going to be too transient um, as we move forward. Yeah, with all the changes, that could be a whole nother podcast as well, right? Instant eligibility, NIL, all those kinds of things. Uh, you're able at Oklahoma potentially to recruit higher level players, you know, guys with more stars behind their names. Do you already notice that there are some people you get to talk to more easier, uh, easily than you, you could being from Loyola, Chicago? Absolutely. It's just, it's just the reality of it. Um, the, as much as the respect we had, you know, the last four years when we'd say Loyola Chicago, they knew, they knew, they knew what it was. It's just something about the, 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 the kids really, and I even said this when I was at Loyola, they still migrate to the, the leagues, the, the leagues that are getting multiple bids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's, um, that's a part of it. Um, but I will say this, um, and I said this, I think on a podcast with you after the final four, Harry, um, is that I sat with Jay, Jay Wright at an AU tournament the year after the final four. And he was in the, he wanted the whole thing the year I was in it. So we got to talk through that too. But he was, he said, you know what? My first final four was in the early two thousands. And I, um, after we went, everybody was telling me, I got to recruit this ranked player, this ranked player. Everyone was like, and it was based on like the ranking and five stars and all this. And he goes, I felt the pressure. And he goes, I almost lost my way. Mm. He goes, then I got back to recruiting. You know what? Who, who I want, who fits Villanova. And we were really that way at Loyola after the final four, just, you know, the Braden Norris of the world, uh, you know, the Keith Clemens, uh, you know, all those guys, Jacob Hudson, and just go on and on. Um, but th- I feel that way at Oklahoma is that I'm going to be super intentional of still fitting guys that fit this. And uh, yes, we, we've the interest has been through the roof. And I think that's awesome. And it's going to continue that way. But I feel that I still want the boxes checked of high character, guys that want to win, guys that, that guys that are skilled, uh, that play hard, you know, all those things that want to get a great education, you know. So I still think there's boxes that I know I'm going to check uh, at this high level. Talk about your coaching staff. Emmanuel is a guy that, you know, some of us in the Valley have, have heard of and KT uh, Turner. And of course, Clayton's there. And uh, Talk us uh, about putting together that staff at, at OU. It's just, uh, you know, I've always wanted to hire guys that I felt could be head coaches. Um, I've never hired guys just to do one thing. I've never hired a guy just to bring me one player. I look at it, I want an extension of me. I want high energy guys. I relate with energy. I relate with guys that are passionate, wanting to pour into the student athletes. And I always start there. If you look at, you know, the track record of the guys that I hired, you know, um, I have five division one head coaches right now that were my assistants. I have another five that are almost at high major schools. So starting with Emmanuel Dildy, he's been with me. Um, he was at Northwestern, just high energy. Then KT Turner was the associate head coach at Texas, just Phenomenal. And then David Patrick's been a longtime friend, one of the most respected coaches in the profession, was the associate head coach at Arkansas. Then I brought Matt Gordon with me uh, as my special assistant. Matt has been with me 17 years. He, I mean, I think he knows more about me, maybe second in line to my wife. You know, he just uh, he just knows everything, how I like things and done. Um, 
operational-wise, X and O-wise, excellent basketball mind. And I hired Clayton Custer, who's, you know, it, it's already been something where guys are like, the, you know, migrate to him because he played for me. And he, and he just, he's a, a star in the making. Um, Mike Shepard was here for 10 years. He was with Lon for like 30. There's so much value in hiring somebody that knows the lay of the land and his loyalty. So he's the director of basketball operations. Um, so I just think, you know, putting together this staff, uh, I couldn't be happier with guys that are all on the same page pushing to, to try to win a national championship. Let's just be frank. I mean, that's what you, that's what your goals are. When I talked to Drew a couple of weeks ago, he and some of those coaching decisions hadn't been made. And, and I asked him about building his staff. And he said, well, first, I have to figure out who Porter wants to take with him because this is his right to do. Like, he really tried to play back because he so respected what you were going to be doing. And, and I think he probably knew some of the guys would end up going, Matt, and, and Clayton might be going with you. And he wanted to respect that and value that. That just spoke volumes to me about him as well. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I wrote a long note to his parents. I mean, he's he's is high character and humble um, as you know as they come. So yes, no, he 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 was that way, and and he'll build a great staff too. And uh, he he's ready for it. And uh, I think it's gonna you know for him, uh, he his his work ethic is is gonna go through that. And he he's gonna. This is what I hope. He, everybody makes mistakes along the way. You just, you just people want to sometimes magnify them when you're younger. So mm-hmm. I hope that doesn't happen because I'm 52 making mistakes. All right. He's going to be 29. You know, people, you, you go through, you learn, you you pivot. Every coach during the season is pivoting, trying to figure it out. The thing that's going to help him is he's always thinking, all right, how can I do it better? How he, he's not this excuse guy, this guy. And that's a trait you need to be a, a head coach because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have tough losses. You're going to do that. It's not because he's 29. It's because he's a head coach. <laughs> it's part of the process, and he's he's got the, a good mentality heading into this. Uh, talk about your family and transition. Your daughter was an athlete at, at at Loyola. Will she continue to be there? You know who's who's moved and who has stayed behind. Well, they, uh, my daughter, yes, yeah, she's on the soccer team. She loves Loyola. She's got a great group of friends. I still don't know what she's going to do, but it's she just loves Loyola. She's just the, the just great teammates and friends there. So on all the sports, there there all those sports are connected with them. So um, still up in the air. My son Jake um, is uh, is coming here with me to Oklahoma. Um, my my two younger ones. Um, are going to be enrolling in school, but they're kind of playing their AU out. They're trying to decide what they're doing. Uh, everybody's not going to move down till August, so I'm in that mode right now where I'm here and I'm, you know, <laughs> you're working all hours of the night. Um, and uh, but like my two younger ones came with and stay with me for four or five days, uh, and then now my daughter's here with me this week, and then my other one's coming. So they've we've they've come down and stay with me um, as with and I've been back and forth um, up back to Chicago with them, and uh, so. It's always tough on the families, um, but I will say it was ten years, and a lot of coaches. It's 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 ten years is is a good run when your kids are teenagers. So I'm blessed. The timing's good too. Um, I have an eighth grader going to start high school. At least he didn't start his high school and leave after his freshman year. The uh, you've been very outspoken about the culture there at OU, and and you've talked a little bit about Lincoln Riley. And I talked to somebody this week. Uh, that's around the OU program uh, and talked about Lincoln Riley and the way he 
has been reaching out to like a 30 year uh, season ticket holder that's battling cancer and before games, after games, before playoff games, after practices, calling that lady on the phone just to see how she's doing and visiting her, those kinds of things. Uh, it, it's, it's striking, isn't it, that, a, that there can be that kind of culture across a whole athletic department? It's, it's truly, um, and it starts with the leadership, you know. If people say that, like, when you get here, you don't leave. You know, Joe's been here, I think, 23 years. Um, you know, Lincoln and his wife, Caitlin, had just gotten to, to know them. They're just so down to earth, like, welcoming, high energy, caring people. And, uh, you know, so my two boys were in town, my eighth grader, Ben and Max. And Lincoln's like, go to practice. So I come over to practice and all the players are running by, you know, saying hello, saying hello to my kids. And they're going from station to station and there's there's music outside. And it, it was such a, a, an intense but high energy vibe. But like the, like I bet you five players ran by, gave me a high five and said, hey, coach, I can shoot. I can shoot. I said, well, hey, I'm telling Lincoln, man, we got two sport players. We got some two sports players all over here. But it's just the, the, the culture of that football team and just seeing. But it's all the sports. Look what Patty Grasso does with the softball. I mean, that's like an amazing feat of what she's done with the softball program. Mm. And all the sports are wired for excellence. And, you know, I just saw Bob Stoops at an event and Bob still lives here. And he, he I mean, just couldn't speak enough about Norman. I mean, some of the people in the support positions have been here 20 years and it's truly a, a special place and it starts from the top down. Um, so uh, it's that Lincoln is Lincoln is, is and Caitlin, his wife are special people. Well, I've got my Sooner Red on today because you've become my one token Power Five conference team I can root for now. The uh, when you know, <laughs> coaches in the Valley are constantly struggling about scheduling, and then whenever one of the guys leaves and goes to a bigger program, they people think, "Oh, good, now we'll now we'll get Oklahoma on our schedule because Porter's there." Is there any thought about scheduling like that where you would like to engage with the Valley guys? Did you hear all that? Yeah, so you know, okay. it's funny because I, you know, yeah, yeah I did. I, I did hear all that. Um, did I freeze on you? Uh, well, you looked like you were pushing a button. I didn't know if something had happened. Yeah. After you asked that question, maybe I should. Oh, sorry, Harry. I can't hear that question. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about scheduling? You know. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, trust me. That right away, I've I've heard that, and Drew and I haven't talked about it. I mean, it's just so hard to play former players, but um, sure. You know, it it is. Um, it's something that, you know, I'm mindful of that um, as once I get this thing rolling the way I want to roll it, because it is hard. I was on that other side of it. And um, the, uh, the the thing is, like what I was selling at, at Loyola, and I know Darren was too, once you get into that quad one, that quad one, possibly quad two level, mm. it doesn't hurt the power fives to play you. Like I was trying to sell that to last year to some teams. We were willing to go on the road. And I said, a home win would have been a net one to 25. So if Loyola came to you and, and you played a game there, our net was like nine or 10. I said, you're going to get a quad one game. If you win, you got a quad one. win. If you lose, you got, it's a quad one loss. So it doesn't hurt you. So once you get into that area, because that's what I thought Wichita State did. And they were able to schedule mm -hmm. some games once they got into that. So I just think there's a handful of teams that are moving into that quad one and quad two level to where it doesn't hurt a power five team to, to, 
it's just perception. It's just perception. That's the thing that's hard to get over. And you just got to be comfortable in your own skin and your own fan bases to do that. And uh, that's that's going to be the big question. And obviously, I want to get my feet rolling here and get get things the way I want it. But it'll be I'm, I'm mindful of it. Uh, before I let you go, talk about the recruiting. You've you've been adding players, as you mentioned. You only had three or four guys coming back, and uh, you signed somebody yesterday that I don't know much about at the transfer, a junior college guy, I think. Uh, but talk about the the piecing together of the roster. You got the Groves brothers, which I think fit the way you play. Uh, but talk a little bit about y- your roster construction right now. Well, we in, we inherited three players: Elijah Harkless. Um, uh, was a, a six two six three guard. Mo Gibson was a six foot guard, and Jalen uh, was he was Jalen Hill was um, about a six five guard. So we really didn't have very much bigger than that that has had any experience. So we knew we needed some size, um, and um, and there's not a true point guard in there. We got some really good high school kids. C.J. Nolan and Bijan Cortez signed early, and I love them. They were really 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 winners, good players, great programs. We signed Alston Mason, um, who was a guy on a lot of our radars from Kansas City, played at Custer and Richardson's High School for Ed Fritz. Um, so we, he's, we had there's three really good freshmen, which I love that. Then we had to get some size. So Tanner and Jacob Groves right out of the gate. Uh, you know, they had a, a top four all facial hair team. And uh, <laughs> Crutwig was, was on there with his mustache, and Tanner was right there. Those two were like the Mount Rushmore of the NCAA tournament <laughs> facial hair. So now I got Tanner. He had the big beard going. But Tanner, you know, just hit it off and really – I mean, he had literally like every school in the country. And we just really hit it off of talking about, you know, playing how we played Crutwig. You know, he's he can pass. He's skilled. He's smart. He's vocal. He's He's got a lot of those same qualities. And I, I'm very – careful not to pigeonhole him because Crutz special. Mm-hmm. I mean, to do what he did in his career and do what he did this past year, I don't want to put anybody in those shoes, but Tanner has just got this great love of basketball like Crutz did. And he's, uh, he's really skilled too. He's really, you saw him hit, I think six threes against Kansas and his brother who Jacob, who I think is just tougher nails. I love that. He's got an edge to himself. He's a six, eight, six, nine guard. He's got three years left. We signed Jordan Goldwire from Duke, who's played through all the, the high level. Um, he was all defense, ACC defensive team, which I love. He was led Duke in assists, seventh in the ACC in assists. So he's a veteran leader right there. Um, and then we got AK and Ethan Shagwarf. You know, Ethan's 6'9 from SMU and AK was 6'10. So we added three coveted big men. Uh, to go with this. And we still have two scholarships left, which is crazy. I just mentioned all these guys we've signed, but we still got two. Um, but I, I, I like, you know, I, I just, I like the direction of, of, of being able to get some of the guys we got starting in basically April uh, with all this. Uh, final thought, uh, Lucas is coming back and Tate Hall coming back and, uh, you know, a couple other guys, uh, Keith is coming back and I hear. So, you mentioned that's going to help Drew in the transition. What kind of year do you think Lucas Williamson will have as a returning, you know, fifth-year guy, but with all of that experience and and maybe maybe even coming out of the shadows a little bit because he's deferred so much, even though he's been a great leader? Yeah, I think he's going to have a great year, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Lucas is a special young man. And he get he's going to find a way to get an edge. 
And now if people say, oh, it's your fifth year, you know, you've already proved so much. I can just see that fueling him. And, you know, Crutley's gone. I can just see that that tank. Just I just know the way he's wired. He's going to look at this as this new challenge. And when Lucas has a challenge, there's really nothing stopping him. He just is this way he's wired to get through it. Uh, here, Tate and Keith, those guys coming back. Um, but I'll tell you this. You always – remember we said – I say it every year, like in the media day. Like they, they have the preseason all-conference teams. And I'm like, there's always guys that we know as coaches that we're going to be talking about later in the year because you just – the Valley doesn't know them yet. Braden Norris is one of those guys. Mm. Braden was such a key to what we did. Tougher than nails, leader, true point, made guys better. Confidence grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And um, I think Braden Norris is phenomenal. I think he had a great year this year, and I think he's going to have another great year um, with them. But there's a lot of guys like um, like Jacob Hudson. I mean, he got better and better and better and better. And look at, look at the development. He's going to be an outstanding player there. And I think he's um, – I know he's got – and I hope people don't compare him to Crutt because he's his own player. He does some unique things that are different. Um, but man, his confidence grew. He was he was instrumental in those those the conference tournament and the NSA tournament. So I think they got some pieces, but the best thing they got is their bond, you know. And I, I think they're gonna have a great year, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them. Well, we're gonna miss you in the valley, but want you to just have wild success there in the Big Twelve and across the national scene. Appreciate you taking time with us. Uh, because you're big time now. We're like this little peanut guy here in St. Louis, but you're big time no, now. So stop. So that I, I'm serious though. That 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 is, you know, we will miss who you are and the energy you bring, and and we're super appreciative of what you've you know brought to our website, but but to the league and and to the Midwest. I wish you just so much success there at Oklahoma. Well, I'll tell you this, Harry. Thank you, but like. The Valley is the big time. I, I've said that the, the, the way the conference tournament, the way it's run, the teams, the coaches, the players. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to watch it. I'll always carry that that Valley banner um, as a player and a coach. Um, and uh, so it is big time. And so are you, Harry. So thank so, 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 so thanks. Thanks for having me on, my friend. I appreciate it. That's Porter Moser. That'll do it for us. Remember, since you've been there, make it a better place. We'll talk to you again real soon.